Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey, you guys, it's Dr. Rob, and I've been wanting to talk to you for a while doing a solo show, but sometimes it's hard for me to get the time or the focus. And if I don't have someone scheduled, I just skip a week and I apologize to you for that. You know, I really wanted to talk to you guys about the concept of home, H-O-M-E. The first thing I wanted to say about it is that if you look at the four letter words in our language that probably have the most meaning, I don't think I'd pick a word that begins with F, and I don't think I would pick the word that begins with L. If I was looking for my favorite four-letter word, it is without question the word home. You know, when people are tired and they're sick, where do they want to go? They want to go home. When people are getting ready to pass, where is it they want to go? They want to go home. When people are at war or they're struggling or they're lonely or it's a holiday, where do people want to go? They want to go home. Home is the most sacred place in our lives, no matter what kind of foundation that means for us. So the question I really have for addicts in particular and those who cheat and those who are engaged in infidelity is why do you keep running away from home? Well, here's kind of how it goes. We leave house, leave our home, leave where we grew up with our parents or our caregivers. And generally, this is what healthy people do. They leave their home. Sometimes they run away from home. I don't think really run away, but they move quickly to get out of there because they want to establish their independence and their sense of self. And so young people leave home and they go out there and they distance themselves from the home they grew up in in order to try to establish a sense of who they are in the world. And then, you know, once a young person does that, they often start looking at other people as mates, as partners, as pair bonds. And guess what happens after that? After that, they go to create their own home. And such is life. We leave homes. We learn from those homes. We spend our time out there learning about ourselves. And we go back and create our own home, which is hopefully better, more meaningful, more special, more safe, and more precious than the one we grew up up in. And I think that's how we generationally get better and better. But here's the problem, at least for addicts and those of us who cheat and are unfaithful and really struggle to stay in our relationships. You see, we many of us, we ran away from home like everyone else. You know, we went out in the world to find ourselves and do our thing and wave goodbye to our folks and off we went into the world, but we kept running. And that is the real challenge for addicts and for people who cheat and are unfaithful is that you don't know the most important place in your life is home. 
And whether that your home is with friends or your cat or your loved one or your wife or your plant or whatever it is that is home for you, even if it's just that small room you share with a roommate, home is home. And home means other people, other connections, things that have meaning to us. Home is not, trust me, at my age, I know. Home is not furniture. Home is not the car you drive. Home is not your TV or your computer. Home is the people you come home to and that place that feels like you are at peace. And what addicts and those who cheat and and are unfaithful do, what we do is we leave home like everybody else, but then we never come back. I mean, granted, some of us find relationships, we create intimacy, we grow something that's meaningful. But if you have an intimacy disorder like sex addiction or porn addiction or or chronic cheating, you're not going to be able to maintain the home that you've created for yourself as an adult. The brokenness that goes on inside of those of us who have early injuries, who struggle with addiction, who have trouble being intimate and building relationship, for those of us who run to intensity rather than intimacy as sex and love addicts tend to do. For us, we leave home and we never come back. And even if we do establish new homes, we don't fully invest in them. We begin to distance ourselves from them. And then we live another life separate from the home that we have. So rather than, as healthy people do, move out of our home, figure out who we are, go back and create our own home with people we love, Us addicts, us cheaters and infidels, I like that word, infidels, we will create homes, some of us, and we deeply love those homes. And, you know, much to our spouse's surprise, uh, those of us who are in relationships, we do deeply love you, and we are deeply connected to you, and we do love our family. And if we have kids, we love them too. It's just that we are so broken that we are unable to stay home. The nature of an intimacy disorder means that you are constantly running away from home You are constantly looking for intensity and distractions and stimulation because you can't deal with home or you don't know how to respond to home. You don't know how to deal with fights. You don't know how to get your needs met in a relationship. You don't know how to negotiate conflict. And so many times as addicts, we may get home, but then the minute something goes bad, we run away. And so we live these double lives where home and relationships and meaning and family and community is on one side. And the other side is play and distraction and intensity and the way that I tolerate being in this split. Because healthy people don't have to live a double life. They come home, they're home, they have their home, and their home is their foundation. The people, the place, the things, the environment, the family, all of it. But when your home is split up into being home and then being out into adult bookstores or having affairs or being with sex workers or using a whole lot of porn in your home that is unknown to your spouse, you know, we are in our homes and splitting ourselves away from them at the same time. And I say to addicts very often, you know, that we are in our addictions and those of us who are deeply unfaithful, we are on the floor picking up the crumbs that we see in front of us, the crumbs of a possible relationship, the crumbs of maybe feeling connected, the crumbs of the hope that you know we might finally feel important or valuable. But what we don't realize when those of us who are cheating and unfaithful and committing adultery and especially sex and porn addicts, what we don't realize when we are sitting there picking up the crumbs off the floor, starving for a connection, is that behind us there is a banquet. Behind us addicts, there is a banquet of people who love us, people who care about us, or people who could love us and could care about us. And if we could only turn around away from our addictions, away from our intensities, away from our distractions, and look toward the things that are meaningful, we would be in good shape. But we don't. We run away. 
And it's fascinating to me that so many spouses say, you know, when he or she started acting out, when they started cheating, they seemed distant. They seemed unavailable. They seemed like they were somewhere else. And of course, we are somewhere else. We're not home. We're not present. We're living in two different worlds. We're not integrated. And therefore, our focus is going not only on our home, but also on our activities and our intensities and our fun, as far as we consider to be an addiction. So guess why our spouses feel lonely? Is because we're not fully there, and they know it, and they feel it. You know, our spouses, by the way, for those of you in relationships, they're not magical beings. They don't realize what we, we when we don't act out on Tuesday night and Wednesday night, and they're all friendly, and then we come on Thursday night, and they're furious. Uh, you know, it's useless to say, oh, I don't understand. My wife or husband, they must be a witch. How do they realize that I've been acting out or cheating on Thursday when on Tuesday and Wednesday I didn't? What's the difference? I don't understand. They must be magical. The reality is that we're not that good at cheating. We're not that good at lying. Our spouses, our partners, and our home feels when we have been distant. And it isn't just partners. It's kids too. So many of the men I work with, and you've heard me say this, think, well, I've been a good, I've been a terrible husband, but I've been a good dad. And my comment will always be, well, if you don't support the partner, of the, the, the mother of your children or the husband of your children, if you are cheating and lying and hurting them and leaving them feeling like you're not there, you're not present, you're not home, then of course they're going to know when you come home and you're different and you seem, you know, distant and, and upset and want to get to your room or picking fights or we are different when we split ourselves into pieces like that. And the people who love us know it, including the little ones who love us. I mean, they don't know what's going on, but they know that something is not right. And what's also interesting to me, having worked in the addiction field and the human sexuality field for so long, is that when you're an addict and you are out there, and you are cheating, and you're being unfaithful, and you're doing your porn thing, or even if you're just a compulsive or chronic cheater, what I hear from you people when we do treatment, and as you know, I do treatment at Seeking Integrity, or you know, I've done been doing treatment for 25 years, so I am certainly around. When we do treatment, and I'm working with a client, the thing I most often hear from men in particular who cheat, although I certainly hear it from women, is, I feel so lonely. I feel so alone. I feel so isolated. Even though I have a family or I'm at a loving event, I'm not really present. They don't really know what I've been doing. If they really knew what I was doing, they wouldn't love me. So I'm living in my own secret, in my own little bubble, even when I am with my family and loved ones, because I'm hiding my truths and my realities, which they feel and they're uncomfortable with. But if my spouse says, you seem distant, or my kids say, daddy, you're not home, or whatever it is, I'm going to make an excuse. I'm going to make something up. I'm going to cover it up because part of denial and the denial around my causing problems problems as an addict is I do not want to see the problem. If I saw and felt what it was doing to my family or the people I love or this job I've tried so hard to get, if I saw what compulsive masturbation or picking up sex workers or having long-term affairs and all of that app-based sexual hooking up, if I fully understood how that was affecting work or family or friends or home, I would probably want to do something about it. But this is the nature of addiction. This is the nature of chronic cheating is we don't see what's right in front of us. We walk around lonely, empty, isolated, feeling broken, feeling ashamed, feeling like we don't deserve the love of the people around us in our home and in our environment. And so we run away to get it somewhere else. Of course, what we're doing when we run away to get it somewhere else is we're creating the same situations that leave us feeling lonely. That is us, you know, us acting out, us having affairs, us doing all of that behavior is the crumbs on the floor. 
It's the starving people who are trying to get something, anything for themselves, when what's behind us is all of the love, all of the support that we either could have or could create. And for addicts and people in recovery, this sense of loving and connection, this sense of understanding responsibility and accountability to relationships doesn't necessarily start at home. For us, it may start in therapy. It's probably going to start in a 12-step program. My sense of responsibility and home and doing service and helping out are going to bleed over into my time at home. I'm going to be giving more. I'm going to be more engaged. The whole process of becoming more engaged with people, more honest with people, having more integrity in my life, that is all the process of coming home. When I become transparent, when I become open, when I allow myself to be intimate, And as we all know, intimacy is not about sex. Intimacy is about letting myself be known by revealing myself a little bit at a time and realizing that (laughs) despite who I think I am, the more you know me, the more you like me. I've been intimate with you and you move toward me. Wow, I didn't expect that. Most addicts, most of us who are chronic cheaters and hiding, we don't necessarily lead. We don't lead with our truth. We don't lead in relationships, dating, and home with who we are. We lead with who you, we think you want us to be. Addicts and chronic cheaters are very, very good at making you believe that we are on your side, we're where you want us to be, we're with you. You know, We are very good at learning, as we learned early in life, and acting and practicing this idea that I am absolutely with you and I can lie to your face. I am at home and in my most sacred place and I can bring a sex worker home here because my denial is so great and my desperate need to get something emotionally for myself is so enormous. I may engage in behaviors that completely pull apart the underpinning of my life in an attempt to look good, in an attempt to have you like me. And I will lie, I will cheat. It is more important to me as an addict and a chronic cheater to stay out there in the world doing what I do for what I perceive as fun you know, as an addict or as a chronic cheater, but what a therapist and someone who cares about them would perceive as running away from reality. Addicts are not running toward anything. So many of us who cheat and have engaged in infidelity and all that, we think that we're running toward that cute person. We think we're running toward that hot body. We think we're running toward that opportunity to feel young or feel excited or have somebody want us. And we are running toward that with every, every atom we have. But every step we take in that direction to try to fill ourselves up with something empty is a step away from the thing that actually fills us up, which is home. And home is a sense of connection that you build over time. My home is people I've known for 40 years that are friends from high school. My, my home is friends from college. My home are the family members that I feel safe with who support me. My home is the people I invite for the holidays to spend time with me. And let me tell you, I was home avoidant for years and years and years. As an active addict, I was home avoidant. And there was a reason for that. And I think that it applies to many of the people I work with. You know, if you're growing up in a nightmare, then why would you ever want to spend more time there when you're an adult? And I think this begins to touch on the issue of why do addicts and compulsive cheaters and all that, why do we keep running away from home, lying at home, consistently being unavailable at home, trying to get out to our affair partners, all that stuff? Why don't we just stay at home and enjoy home for everything that it has to offer? Because for me in recovery, home and what I have in my home, the relationships, the family, the, the flowers, everything, that is the foundation of my life. I am much more I'm much more a rich person, much more a solid person, much more a defined person. I'm a much more successful person because I am in a happy 
healthy, loving relationship. I understand that home in that way is the foundation of my life. Addicts are seeking to protect home, not by being honest and being intimate, but by lying, by living a double life, by trying to pretend at home that this is my priority, and that which is a lie, and then going out there and making other things my priority, which makes our partners and family members absolutely insane. Hey there, I sure hope you're enjoying this Sex, Love and Addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. But the question is, when the healthy thing is to go out in life and experiment life and have a little bit of fun and learn about yourself and explore and individuate from your parents and then go back home into the one you've created for yourself, why don't we do that? Why do addicts and compulsive cheaters and all of us, why do we create a home oftentimes and then continue to run away from it to other partners, to other people, to affairs and all that? And I think I pretty much know. You see, those of us who are really unbalanced in this way who are unable to maintain our maintain our primary commitments and our affections to our partners over and over and over again. I'm not talking about the person who went to a strip club or had a short affair. I'm talking about those of us who are truly not available for our home lives, whatever that means, because we are out cheating or being unfaithful. There's a reason for that. I know for me, I learned growing up that home was not safe. The people in my home were scary. My mom was mentally ill. My dad wasn't there. My mom mom would run around naked with knives. I mean, it was that kind of shit show when I was growing up, unfortunately. Crazy people doing crazy things where I was really the sanest person in the family when I was six or when I was four or when I was 10. Those crazy people who were raising me, they didn't know they were crazy and they were doing their best, but they were crazy. Mentally ill, certifiable, in and out of the hospital. It was a nightmare. For me, from the beginning of November, or let's say from October and Halloween till Christmas or New Year's, the last thing I ever wanted to be as an adult is home for the holidays. I hated the holidays. I wanted to go to Vegas and play cards during the holidays, like anything, but be home during the holidays. Because for me, growing up, and I think for so many of the men and women I work with, home growing up was scary. Home growing up was not about me. It was about caring for other people, caregivers, brothers and sisters, not me. Home was about abuse. Home was about distancing. Home was about violation. And so if you grow up in a home, which is not just, you know, a place you want to separate from and grow up and be your own person, but you want to run away from as fast as you possibly can, because that environment is terrifying or not meeting your needs or, or overwhelming, as I know my home environment was, you're going to run away and you're never going to look back. You're never going to look back for home. And when you create a home, you're going to keep running. As I said, some people think that they're running toward things when actually what they're doing is running away. Those of us who have created and been capable of and healthy enough and committed enough to create a loving home with or without a partner, but a loving home where friends and family and people we love gather and communicate and connect. If we have been able to create that, and we are running away from it at the same time, then we are missing out on the most important foundation and benefit that life has to offer, meaningful, committed, intimate relationships. 
That is the banquet. That is what makes our life sing. You know, when I travel with my spouse and we go to another country and all I have in my uh, possession is a suitcase, I've realized in many countries and many places that I didn't need more than that. My home was the person I loved and the people I loved, and I didn't need anything at home. I could have gone off of that suitcase and left everything behind because what I didn't leave behind was love. What I didn't leave behind was connection. What I didn't leave behind was the most important thing in life, which is my ties to the people I love, to my community, to my church, to my family. It is our connections that have the most meaning to us. They give us the most satisfaction. And what do people want to do when they go home to pass away? They want to say goodbye to the people they loved. And none of us, by the way, when we're breathing our last breath, wish we had acted out more, wish we'd had more sex with strangers, wish we'd made more money. All we want to do is see the people we love and connect and say goodbye. We want to go home. You know, I started earlier talking to you about what my home was like growing up and what the holidays were like growing up. And why, you know, understandably, I think from October to December, the last place I wanted to be was at home with these crazy people. And as I said, I might have been the sanest one there. And I think I realized young that things were very, very bad and very lonely and unhappy where I was growing up. But there was nowhere to go. I was the kid, right? So crazy is normal from October to December when you're home alone from school with your family and your family's crazy. And so as you can imagine, over the years, I think I developed a little bit of an avoidance of being home at the holidays. And by the time I was an adult, being home for the holidays didn't sound very good at all. And to be honest with you, it took me until I was about 50 to realize that home might not be such a bad place at the holidays. And maybe if I found my own people, ones who would act differently than the ones who grew up with me, ones who would be responsive and available and fun and engaging, that I could actually have holidays that I picked, that I planned with boundaries and structure, and I could have a great time. And you know what? At 50, I realized I love being home for the holidays. It's just I have to create my own fun, my own environment, and not expect that I'm going to have something brought to me and not expect that uh, the people I'm around will know how to meet my needs or will be the right ones. But I have to create my own home life, my own holiday season, my own what makes me feel safe so I can enjoy home situation. And it can't be, ever be, I'm comfortable and available at home, and then I run somewhere else to distract myself from my feelings. If you're going to be home, you have to be integrated. You have to be focused. You can only have one life. The reason I named, by the way, my treatment program Seeking Integrity is because integrity is about integration. It's about the idea of of separate, disparate things coming together. And when you're an active addict, your life is in pieces, and you're living it out in pieces, and no one really knows who you are except you. And a life in recovery, a life really lived with a destination of home, is honesty, transparency, and intimacy in all of my relationships. So that going home is joyful and exciting and now about, not about hiding or keeping secrets or trying to look a certain way or make other people happy. Home is just a place to put my feet up and be loved and love. What could be better than that? Now, I am probably not new in saying these ideas, and I'm certainly not new in expressing them. But I love the concept and really wanted to share with you guys the idea that the person who's chronically cheating, the person who is addicted to porn or sex, is not just trying to hurt people or thinking of themselves in that primary way. I mean, they certainly are, and they're putting everyone second, and they come first. For sure, every addict is responsible for their adult behavior. 
But to understand really at a basic level that addicts and chronic cheaters, they're not different than anyone else. We want the love, the support, the nurturing, the connection, the feeling of belonging and being loved and appreciated that everyone else wants. It's just we're really, really broken. We are really broken around intimacy and connection and relationship. And when we go out into the world and we create our connections and relationships, we break those too. We break them into pieces because we are broken into pieces. And rather than staying in the home we have, when we finally go to create it as adults, we start running away, running away to affair partners and strip clubs and and sex workers and app-based sex and cam girls and run, 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 run. And none of this, none of that is going to feed us. I had a really wonderful therapist who said to me once, you know, acting out sexually or using drugs or gambling or any addictive behavior when you are feeling lonely or needful or empty is like eating potato chips when you're hungry. You know, when you're starving, those potato chips absolutely in the moment will take care of your hunger. You won't be hungry in that moment. It'll take care of it. But potato chips aren't particularly good for you. And if you keep eating them, in fact, if that's all you have at home or all you allow yourself to have, you're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker. It's the nutrition that you need of deep, enduring connection, relationship. And by the way, for addicts, that starts probably in relationships, not with your partners and not with spouses, because especially if we're in conflict with them, when we have been found out, when we are in trouble, when our spouses and family members are angry at us, that's not the time when we're going to be able to slide into home base and feel safe at home. That's the time when we get caught that we have to fight to get back to that home and stay there. We have to fight our addictions and our challenges with fidelity to understand and maintain our connection to home and not run away from it. And we have to clean up the mess we've made in breaking our commitments and breaking our home life and breaking our promises to ourselves and others while we were running away from home. Now, this concept and this idea and this discussion of home being the most important value, again, is not new. But what I love talking about here is the fact that addicts and and chronic cheaters, those of us who cannot stay home, it's not that we don't love you if we're in a loving relationship with someone at home, is that home is scary. Home means being used. Home means taking advantage of. We ran away from home when we were kids by dissociating, by spacing out, by being in fantasy. We found lots of ways as kids to disappear from chronic and difficult upbringings. The problem is, as adults, we actually use behavior to escape, not just thoughts, not just fantasies. We use drugs and alcohol and sex and gambling and gaming and spending and working and all those intensity-based rewarding behaviors to take the place of, in the moment, the meaningful, calming connection and stability that we get at home. And I got to tell you, in my recovery and the work that I've been doing, it has taken years and years and years to realize that what I needed to do was to stop running to find the people who love me and deeply connect with them, to clear up the, the wreckage of my past and be completely honest and clear with the people I love and the people who love me. One of the things that you probably have heard me say, and I talk about a lot, is the person who's cheating or the person who is an addict of some kind, and they're home for the day and their partner comes home and their partner sees, male or female, wife or husband, doesn't matter, and sees, oh, you know, you've been cleaning the house and oh, you've been playing with the kids and oh, you've been, you know, whatever it is we've been doing. And they say, you know, on that particular day, I love you so much. You're so wonderful. Thanks for helping out. You know, what a great partner you are. And even on those days when we actually might get the thing we most need at home, in the home, getting the home love we want, we say to ourselves, if we've been lying and cheating, well, 
you know, if they knew what I'd been doing, they wouldn't love me so much. I wouldn't get this wonderful information, support, and feedback if they knew what I'd been doing sexually or with gambling or gaming or drugs or whatever. So even when the love and the appreciation and the sense of connection comes to me in the very place where I want it most, which is, you know, that HOME place, I can't receive it. Because if I've been acting out and lying and cheating and keeping secrets, then even when you tell me that I'm wonderful and I'm great, which is exactly what all of us want to hear from the people who love and care about us, I can't take it in. I can't accept it. So even when I am in my own loving, nurturing, supportive environment that I might have worked really hard to build because I've also been running away from it at the same time, I cannot accept or bring into me the very things that are there waiting for me. And you partners, of course, you realize that, you spouses of us, you realize that we have not been contributing nor really taking from our home for a long time. But we don't see it that way. We see it like, well, I've been able to maintain the affair and I've been able to maintain home. And so everything is okay in both places because I'm not in trouble. As opposed to, I have deeply invested in one of these places and this is where my life is where my life matters and where I'm going to find the foundation of who I am. And I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to distract myself from it. And you know, if you're looking at your home, your support group, your 12-step program, your therapist, for goodness sake, everything that you do for as a step toward healing, even doing our online workshops or any of that kind of stuff, all of it is a, is a move toward connection, away from disconnection. It's all a way to move toward, you know, you may not be ready to have your spouse or your family or anyone you deeply love commit to you, invite you back into your home or invite you back into their arms and love. That could take a while, but we can create new homes in our 12-step programs with our therapists, in our support groups and all of that. They may not be the place we ultimately want to hang our hat, but these groups, this support, these people we engage with on the road to recovery, they help us imitate and practice the skills that we're going to need when we are focused on home. If I am focused on a 12-step program and I'm worried on my, working on my steps and I have a therapist and I have a sponsor and I'm showing up and I'm being accountable and I'm doing service and I'm helping out, guess what skills I'm bringing home? <laughs> the ability to show up the ability to be consistent, the ability to be accountable, the ability to make sure others get their needs when they ask me. These are the skills that are required to be in 12-step recovery. These are some of the skills required to be in, th in good therapy. And so, you know, for you spouses and family members, when you say to us and you do, well, why do you have to go to that meeting? Or why do you have to go to all those therapies? You know, now I was alone before in your addiction. Now I'm alone in your recovery. Why don't you stay home and help me out a little bit or whatever that is? They are absolutely right. They do need us home more. They do need us to show up more. They do need us to be the family member or the partner or the friend that we or the community member that we have not been. And we need to do that to show up for ourselves. However, it may not be in our family and our loved ones who are the first ones who are going to accept us and bring us back into the fold. We may need to find that love, that acceptance, and that practice toward what we want to do at home when we recover in our 12-step programs, in our therapy groups, and in therapy. I have never understood the person who tried to do this themselves, the amount of damage that we cause in our acting out to ourselves and others, and then the work it takes to clean that up, and then figuring out how you got here and how you created this mess in your life, and then how to clean that up and move forward so that you don't have to recreate this mess. That takes a lot of work. That's what treatment programs are for, like Seeking Integrity. That is what podcasts and education and books and all the stuff that we are doing to support you is for, to help you become someone who can find their way back home.
And if I wish you anything in this healing process and all these podcasts and all this work that I am trying to give away to you, it's to become the member of your family, the parent, the husband, the wife, the friend that you've always wanted to be, that they have always wanted you to be. And I'll just say a special note about those of you who have kids and I will stop. I've told you, I think, before that when I work with older men in particular, and they have kids in their 20s and 30s or 40s, they realize in treatment that it's too late to go back and teach that child what they needed to teach about their father or mother. It's too late to teach them intimacy, connection, availability, and responsiveness because they weren't there. And now their child is 20 or 25, and they've got to figure it out for themselves. But for the men who come to treatment with us or with me and I've worked with who have younger children, they still have a chance to influence those children's lives. They're coming home. And this, by the way, is the greatest piece of my work. None of you know this, but the most thing I take the most pleasure in, in everything I do, is something I will never see, which is the man I work with for a long enough time to see that his life is really going to change. And he's married and he has children and he goes home. And I know that the life of those children and their experience of their father will be different because I have worked with that person and they have grown, or my team has worked with that person and they have grown. And I will never meet those children and I will never see their lives, but I will understand that on some level I have contributed through recovery, through the healing process, through my professional work to those children being better people and better family members themselves. And for me, these people I will never see and that I will never know, but are the children of the people I see. In some ways, that's why I do the work, even though I don't have children of my own, because I know that those children will have the parents that we all deserve to have when we are putting them on the right road to recovery. And they understand that the most important word in the language is home. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and there are great ones still to come. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.